0: Next stop, New River Valley and Radford University.
1: Highlander country, we're on the way. Doug Day, Oliver Purnell, we're coming. We're coming to see where it all happened. The itinerary today, it's really pretty simple. It's the Big South Road opener for Winthrop. We're headed to Radford, Virginia, about 175 miles from Winthrop, and the Eagles looking to go 2-0 in conference play. On the way, we're hoping to stop and get a feel and a smell and a taste of the local area, New River Valley up there. Mike, you've got several spots we could potentially stop at.
0: Yeah, we have uh, an old minor league baseball stadium that's been retrofitted. We could stop there. We found uh, a nice little place that has a little mercantile area, a good little restaurant. And then there's also downtown Pulaski, which is about 15 miles south of Radford.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what strikes our fancy on the way and hopefully have good conversation and enjoyable time and maybe we won't get pulled over this time. (laughs) So Black Monday has come and gone. A bunch of NFL coaches got fired like normal. Yeah,
0: five fired, one retired.
1: If you were the owner of a team and you were hiring a coach, what is it you're looking for?
0: That's a great question. I think you look inside out first, right? I mean, I think you see what you have. Like, in other words, if you don't... So a quarterback is probably going to tell you what direction you're going to go in, right? So if you have... If you do have a good, young franchise quarterback, but maybe for whatever reason the last coach wasn't the right fit, you're going to want to probably find somebody that that is going to be able to work with this new... Work with the quarterback and put the quarterback in the right position, right? I think what's more fun if you're an owner, is if you don't have that quarterback and you have a good draft pick. Now, Cleveland has all the issues in the world. We know that. They do have a new general manager. What's interesting about that, Dave, is so now, if you're an owner, you can look at, you know, what kind of styles do you want to play? Now, it's going to, me personally, I would probably go for a defensive-minded coach um, that maybe does have some familiarity with offense or has good (coughs) you know, good ties to some offensive minds. Because I still think in the NFL, the old adage rings true. I know it's kind of cliche, but, yeah, points put people in the seats, but defense is what wins. Now, you have to have somebody that's going to be good at grooming a quarterback because we've seen in the NFL now, if you don't have a good quarterback, you're screwed. Like, you just got to have a franchise quarterback. They don't grow on trees. So I think the first thing you look for is – you know, maybe defensive-minded coach, good scheme. And the other thing, you know, in the, in the salary cap area, you can't, you got to minimize your mistakes. Everyone's going to make mistakes in evaluating talent. But you got to minimize... So you bring five skills.
1: guys in for interviews. What are you asking? What are you listening for? What What is it that you want to see, hear, feel that the guy you're going to hire has to possess?
0: I think the first thing is... Can this coach not only inspire fifty-three players? Is he going to inspire the front office? Is he going to inspire the fan base? Is he going to get people worked up? You know, is he in this role of head coach in this day and age, Dave? I think you wear a lot of hats. I think you're a CEO. I think you're you got to be. You know, obviously, you have to have the X's and O's, but I think you also have to be. Um, You know, maybe you're not the one making the decisions when it comes to picking which players, but I think you have to have a good rapport with whoever's doing that. And I think that's what makes New England so so good is that, you know, Bill Belichick hires guys, they coach up their players well, but they also make fewer mistakes. They do make mistakes on guys they bring in. But they also don't they're not afraid to move on from a mistake either. And I think Bill Belichick, yeah, he doesn't inspire people in the sense of he's not going to win a, a rally, you know, but I think, um, I think players buy into his message. So the second thing is I think you have to have a clear, cohesive message that players are going to buy into, you know. And then the third thing is, you know, I think Bill Belichick is maybe the exception. I think you do have to have some sort of like ability you, you can get away with Bill Belichick's personality when you're winning you can't get away with that when you're losing so those are some of the things I would look for what, do you, what would you look for
1: someone with a plan and who their coordinators are gonna be like your team is at point X I want someone that comes in they've thought about what the team looks like they've thought about where they want to go with the team how they are going to get there and with whom they are going to do it. I like organization and I like knowing this is the guy I'm going to bring in, he's going to be the defensive coordinator, he runs this scheme, this is how it's going to work with our current players, these players are going to fit, these players aren't going to fit, here's why and the same thing with offense, I want a plan and a thought through detailed idea of here's where we are, here's where we're trying to get this is what we believe in, this is why we believe in it and these are the people that are going to help me get there so there are all these teams that have jobs open, who is the guy, if you can hire anyone within reason, you can't hire Bill Belichick he's already got a job, who do you want
0: I think you have to go with the tree, right? I think you have to look at either Matt Patricia, the Panthers or the Patriots defensive coordinator, or Josh McDaniel. This is what intrigues me about Josh McDaniel. I don't know that
1: I agree with that. How well is the tree doing?
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Here's here's what I'd be interested about Josh McDaniel. Because I think this may be somewhat corollary with Bill Belichick, right? Now he didn't have any success in Denver, so that that's kind of one black mark. But you know, Bill Belichick did take a team to the playoffs in Cleveland, but I think he learned a lot in a lot of negative situations there. And I think maybe Josh McDaniel was the young gun, thought he knew it all, and really got humbled and learned maybe how to do things right by going back to New England and, and getting a little bit more instruction at the hands of the master. But you're right. There's no doubt that the tree has not really done well. Romeo Cornell... Uh, he's back to being a coordinator uh, Charlie Weiss flamed out at multiple stops both in college
1: but might still college. be getting paid by them
0: uh, he probably is getting by Notre Dame right so I don't know how much I mean a failure on the a failure on the on the field but you know successful in the wallet
1: now I said within reason right. you could pick a coach is Nick Saban within reason because I'd rather Nick Saban than all the guys you said
0: Yeah, but does Nick... Now, here's the caveat. I didn't include Nick Saban because I don't know if Nick Saban wants to go back to the NFL.
1: Okay, can I have Brian Kelly? Sure. I think I'd give that a shot, particularly if I'm the Indianapolis Colts.
0: I think a lot of Notre Dame fans would like that, too. Do you? Yeah, I don't... All he does
1: is win 9, 10, 11 games and play on New Year's Day.
0: But is is he... And I agree with you, but is he... In the devil's advocate vein here, is he getting into the territory of Mark Richt where... He's winning eight, nine, ten games, but he's not making it to the college football playoffs.
1: Boy, Mark Rick revitalized Miami.
0: I like Mark Rick. I I don't think Georgia should have let Mark Rick go. No. But but Georgia made a good call because Kirby Smart has put them in the.
1: Right, and and all the credit in the world to Georgia for making a good call. But for every one of those, there are teams that fire their coach who does a pretty good job, and you end up in a disaster situation. I mean, that's the Jim Caldwell situation, right? Okay. The Lions have not been a very good franchise, yeah. and Jim Caldwell has a winning record. Right. So, I don't think Jim Caldwell is overly inspiring. But are we sure that whoever they hire next is going to be better than the guy they had? Right. You so, not?
0: I do like Brian Kelly, but I, I do feel like, for Notre Dame fans.
1: And what about Bruce Arians? What, what did Bruce Arians do wrong? If the Colts called Bruce Arians and said, hey, you subbed in for Chuck Pagano in the past, sure. and it went really well, yeah. we'd like to bring you in for a couple of years, see if you can rekindle the magic with Andrew Luck. Like, are the Colts going to hire someone better than Bruce Arians? Probably not. I mean, is Matt Petrushka better than Bruce Arians? Don't know. I don't know either. But I think I'd go ahead and take the risk out of it and take Bruce Arians, who did, I think most would say a pretty good job with Arizona.
0: Well, can we put a tinfoil hat on? I mean, is it possible that he retired to to take that job?
1: I have no idea. Possible? Sure, anything's possible. Where does John Gruden fit into all of this? Are you really high on him? He goes out of the booth, jumps into being an elite NFL coach, or do you think this is a disaster?
0: Here's the thing about John Gruden that kind of concerns me a little bit. Not, Not so much coaching, I think, is fine. He had a, what, a, a two-game above five hundred record with Tampa Bay. He had, a, he had a winning record with the Oakland Raiders, or with the Raiders. Won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. I just don't understand some of the talk about $10 million a year for John Gruden. I don't understand maybe potentially giving him an ownership stake. I think he's fine as a coach. I think he's a guy that maybe has a, a better – he's a better fit with a, with a team that does have some good veteran pieces. Just because I think he has that ability to, to he's a good like he's a good football mind, but he's a good rah rah guy. I, mean, he's a, he, I think he can inspire players, uh, but I think he's a guy that you have to win within a couple of years because I don't know how long that message. You know, I, I think there's a maybe an uh, expiration date on that type of enthusiasm, that type of coach. I mean, we saw that with Rex Ryan. I think you, you can be rah rah to a point, but I think sometimes if you don't have the right guys, if guys don't buy into that, then. You know, that, you can lose that pretty quick.
1: I think his track record indicates that he's a pretty good football coach, but... He's
0: had six winning seasons. He's had five trips to the playoffs. All five trips to the playoffs were as division winners.
1: Right. So that that's pretty good. good. Yeah. But it's also been a while.
0: In 11 years. Yeah. And he's been out since, what, 08? Right. So he's been out for 10 years. The one thing I do like about it, Dave, is... And, you know, I'm, I'm more of, like, the touchy-feely guy than you are. You're, you're the, more the analytical guy. But I like the fact that he has been, you know, obviously around the game. And I, I know just talking to coaches maybe isn't good enough. But he does do the film session. He does the, the film session with the draft picks every year. So I, I think he's, he's keeping his mind fresh. I think he's been learning as he's been going along, doing the broadcaster route. But what is his, you know, what is his experience? What is his ability to to get the message across to kids that are now 10 years younger than the last time he coached
1: right players that were 10 years younger. And that Raider team that people were so high on when Derek Carr got hurt last year, now they're coming off a kind of disappointing right. year but but he didn't have an offseason. Carr didn't have a true offseason yep. cuz he, he was rehabbing and you get Khalil Mack back and you've got Amari Cooper back but your your stadium situation is still A debacle you play in the horrible Oakland Coliseum you're a lame duck franchise you're moving to Las Vegas the fan base is sorta in but also like how in should we be because the franchise is moving
0: it's kind of like a tease isn't it I mean it seems like he's the type of guy that Raider fans would like yep you know he's coming back home he did have success when he was in Oakland when he was with the Raiders and now he's coming back and oh by the way we're leaving in two years
1: right and if it's a long term thing, what is yeah, that how serious m- is that ownership? Exactly. And what does it mean once he's not coaching?
0: Right. Yeah, does he boy, that's a tricky situation too. Like what happens if he does have an ownership stake and it goes south?
1: Right. Like you, Are you firing you one of your owners? Are you
0: firing yourself? You just put right. yourself upstairs. Right. But you know, I don't like the, the ownership piece from this perspective, Dave, is I think I want my coach to coach. It's okay for a coach to have some sort of a personnel influence because obviously they have to coach up the guys that are coming in. But if you have a direct influence on business decisions, you know, I don't, I don't think gonna,
1: I don't think John Gruden's going to be picking the vendor for hot dogs. No, I don't think so
0: either. But if he has to make a decision based on a player that would really help him, a veteran per se, but is going to be a cap problem, but you can win with that guy. But as the owner, you know you can get another guy for a lot less, a lot cheaper, but you might not be able to win with that. Like, I'd rather the coach be fighting to keep the veteran. He may lose the fight, but I don't want the guy, I don't want a coach who's gonna be thinking about the economics side. I want him focused on X's and O's.
1: Billy Bean owns a piece of the A's. And has never had a problem releasing guys. Then you could also say they've never won a World Series. Yeah.
0: I didn't realize Billy Bean had an ownership thing.
1: Yeah, that's how they kept him.
0: Is that like an equity thing, or did he have to put some money up?
1: I think it's an equity thing.
0: And that's probably what would happen with Cruden. Now, I think the ownership thing is probably a long shot because are you telling me twenty-four out of thirty-two owners are going to agree to that?
1: As a minority interest, why wouldn't they? I mean, a guy that owns two or three I mean, percent of the then, team. You can buy two or three percent of the Bearded Carcast. Yes, Send us an email. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Who wants a piece of this? <laughs> We're on iTunes for God's sake. So whether Gruden's good or bad with the Raiders that creates a vacancy at ESPN.
0: That does. I think Bruce Arians, if he's not in contention for Indianapolis, he might be a good good fit in the Monday Night Booth.
1: He's certainly a witty, interesting guy. But I got to believe because of budgetary issues, ESPN goes in-house. They can save a lot of money. And they've got guys like Matt Hasselbeck and Steve Young, Trent Dilfer, that would probably do a decent job.
0: Steve Young out of that stable would probably be the best one for me.
1: He's done it I, a, like Matt,
0: I like Matt Hasselbeck. I just don't know if Matt Hasselbeck has the cachet for that job. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Steve Young's done a couple of games before. I thought they've been pretty good. If you could just dream up anyone though, the budget's not an issue. Would you bring back John Madden? He's really old at He's this point. Old. Like who would you like to see?
0: That's a great question. Monday Peyton night. Manning. Peyton Manning. I, I don't I wouldn't do Peyton Manning. Well, I certainly wouldn't do Peyton Manning, but I um Peyton Manning would be interesting. You know, you know who the guy would be and he's not available. Uh wonder how good Tom Tom Brady would be.
1: Yeah, he's definitely not available. I mean Manning has such a outgoing personality. I'd like to at least see what that looks like.
0: Do you like a player or a coach in that role? Does it matter to you?
1: I'd like someone that's well-spoken and thoughtful and kind of up in current times. That's what's made Tony Romo so good. He's got a great personality, but he also is like really in with the modern day sport. He, he knows...
0: Do you think they'd make a run at Tony Romo?
1: Wow. I don't know. That would be incredible, wouldn't it?
0: Here's what you need in Monday Night Football. Before we get to names, I think you, what you said at best. Obviously, the command of the X's and O's. Someone has a rapport with players, but to me, it's got to be somebody. And this is the, the tricky part of combining this job: is the entertainer. That's what made Madden. Yeah, so exactly. Great. You know, like Dick Vitale. You know, yep. Dick Vitale probably was a mediocre coach, but he turned out to be one of the best. I mean, he revolutionized yep. the basketball analyst role
1: monday night football also has been willing to go off the wall right. through the years too is is there someone off the wall i mean this would be so political and and, and i'm sure they'd get tons of blowback but how about barack obama
0: wow i'm sure the right would uh, have an issue with that as much as many people had a problem with rush limbaugh
1: <laughs> right like the left had with rush i mean limbaugh. he's probably well, not rush available but well,
0: rush limbaugh would i mean Barack Obama would not have the miscues that that rush had
1: Uh, right he's probably not available and the budget would be maybe beyond what ESPN has he he
0: might be a guy that you would look at more for commissioner although I don't know that the 32 owners would yeah probably not politics you know in fact I, I would I would almost bet Dave in this climate that even if he were a great candidate they would shy away from him just because of the backlash
1: yeah no, and that's not unreasonable.
0: We just went by the Pulaski Water Treatment Facility.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Pulaski's really pretty. We're driving through here, and they're like a bunch of creeks, but they're frozen over, and it, it's kind of quaint.
0: Is that a, like a salvage journal? Yeah, over there? I don't know. There's like hundreds of cars over there.
1: This is my first trip to Pulaski. Yeah, I've
0: never been through Pulaski either.
1: Does it look like there's going to be a restaurant in a mile from here?
0: Need a tractor, Dave.
1: <laughs> Pulaski. Hey, look this at this. This is what place. the Beard
0: Carcast is all about. We don't want the we don't want the chain store right on Main Street. We want or right off the highway. We, we want to get into town and meet the people.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: Dave, you mentioned Barack Obama. How about someone like in the celebrity vein? How about somebody like Jimmy Kimmel? sports fan. He's funny, thinks quick on his feet. He knows the game of football. I mean, I'm not saying he's an X's an O guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you go Jimmy Kimmel, it's got to be three-man booth, right? You need a football guy. You got to have a football yeah. guy of some sort, but that's kind of the fun part of this discussion. What is your dream team, whether it's John Gruden and Sean McDonough, or we're now going to replace John Gruden with, uh, I mean, if we have Barack Obama, I'm not sure we do need a football you guy. Need do you, a you still guy. think yeah, you'd need a football So Barack Obama's gonna play third wheel?
0: Or what you would do is maybe you would add an extra sideline person that's a former football player. Okay. So you'd still have your sideline, you know, you'd still keep Lisa Salters there, but maybe you'd have like I'm not saying Tony Saragusa, but that kind of role where you had somebody um, somebody in there. The former player thing is interesting. The guy that really jumps to my mind and he's not really a huge household name, he I mean, kinda is. Uh, Is Chris Spielman. He and yeah. Sean work together on the college side. Oh, that's
1: right, and they have a really good a relationship. relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you talk about maybe a former e- or an in house ESPNer, he might be a guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because of that relationship. Because of the relationship yeah. That makes a I mean, lot of Steve sense. Young, like
0: you said earlier, makes a lot of sense. I don't know that Mike Golick and Sean would be a good fit, but maybe maybe it would because they're so opposite, you know?
1: Yeah. Among former players, coaches, things like that. And I don't think he wants it, but if you're looking for an X strategy after kind of a ho-hum year and not really having any success recruiting a quarterback, Jim Harbaugh would be amazing. Yeah.
0: Don't you think he'd be like the sports version of um, uh, Miller?
1: Dennis Miller? Dennis
0: Miller. Just in the sense that he's very acerbic. He can be kind of aloof and he's a little bit out there. I mean, he can be funny.
1: But yeah, but he really knows football, too. I, I know, mean, but
0: I mean, just in like the delivery yeah, and the... yeah.
1: I mean, I I think he would kind of be a home run, but I think Peyton Manning would be a home run. I just don't know that those guys want to do those roles. I think Obama would be incredible, but much, much too polarized and probably not available. The
0: one thing I would say about Peyton Manning, I don't know that Peyton would be as critical as I think that role would would want it to be. Not that he has to be overly critical, but I, I could see Peyton being very... Uh, rose-colored glasses.
1: I think you'd get a lot out of a Larry Fitzgerald, too, because you would kind of hit a lot of boxes. Like, recently retired, not a quarterback, a minority who... Has done a ton for the sport and the right, communities. Right. Beloved, was a great sure. college player. Played college in the Northeast. Played pro but out he grew west.
0: Up in the media. His dad was a writer, so right. he kind of understands the media side of
1: things. Yeah, I, I think he It'd would be, be a really good fit too. But I still think the most likely is someone like Steve Young. Lunch on the way to Radford today, Mike, Pulaski, Virginia. And not a city I knew a whole lot about. Kind of an interesting stop.
0: Right, so we stopped in Pulaski, which is probably about 15 miles south of Radford. And it's right in the the big hills uh, and mountains right around Radford, Virginia. There's a minor league ballpark that we're probably going to save for the next time we come to the New River Valley. Built in 1932, actually 1935 I think it was built. Uh, And it currently houses the Appalachian League team for the New York Yankees, the Pulaski Yankees. Uh, The stadium, as we said, built in the 30s. It was part of the WPA uh, work administration project and it was renovated. They spent, I think, nine million dollars putting a lot of money into renovating it. Uh, So that's here as well. And They have a neat little downtown and, as we learned, this was a big manufacturing center. They uh, used to do some um, like hoiseries and um, uh, textiles, I guess, is the the better way to put it. There's also some furniture Uh, factories here but that seems to have come by the wayside and of course running right through the middle of town is a neat old train station and a little caboose and like a lot of small towns across the United States the railway really helped open up Pulaski.
1: Yep and we just drove by what seems to be 200 retired VW's.
0: The best though is the stand-up that we did uh, at the train station before it was after lunch before we got back in the car. We'll take a listen to that right now. Three,
1: two, and one. We're on the road to Radford, Virginia, where Winthrop takes on Radford tonight at seven o'clock. Mike, we stopped in Pulaski, Virginia. We're here at the railroad. Step
0: back in, don't you're stepping out of the shot.
1: So when I step in, I want to do what? You
0: want to kind of lean in, not lean back.
1: Three, two, and one. We're on the road to Radford, Virginia today. Winthrop and Radford tonight at 7 o'clock in the Big South road opener for the Eagles. And, Mike, we're in Pulaski, Virginia. The railroad coming to town was a big deal in the history, and we're here at the railroad home. Yeah, for a lot of... Keep together,
0: come on. It's over
1: here, right? Over here. Three,
0: two, pull together. Come on, you're making me laugh.
1: (laughs) Three, two, and one. We're in Pulaski, Virginia. Literally, am <laughs> Three, two... Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> <All
0: right.
1: laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's be professional.
0: <laughs> A true true true. professional. <laughs> hey, three... Uh,
1: With the, okay. Right. Three, two... And one. We're in Pulaski, Virginia, on our way to watch Winthrop play at Radford, the Big South Conference road opener for the Eagles. Mike Pulaski <laughs> really. <laughs>
0: oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: Pulaski gets
0: me every time. All right, let's go. Right.
1: Three, two, and one. On the road with the Winthrop Eagles, we're on our way to Radford, Virginia, in Pulaski, Virginia. Three, two, and one. We're on the road, on the way to see Winthrop play at Radford and stop by Pulaski, Virginia. Mike, the railroad played a big role in the history here. And for a lot
0: of towns in the United States, the railway really opened up things. And this was a big manufacturing center for a long time. We just had a great lunch at Al's on First, built in the 1930s, Dave. It was an old warehouse for a grocery store, and it still had the exposed beams. Food was fantastic.
1: Pulaski's a neat little town. It's a neat little town. It's got about 10,000 people. It's part of the New River Valley with Christiansburgs and Blacksburg and Radford. And, Mike, did you know Shane Graham is from here? Yes, I did see that. And it's also home of... Peaks Creek, which is feeds into
0: the New River Valley, and we are on one of the longest trails in Virginia, part of a Virginia State Park.
1: Winthrop and Rad for tonight tip off at seven our coverage on 1041. The bridge begins at 6:30. Join us throughout the day at Winthropeagles.com <laughs> It's Probably as good as we're going to do.
0: Home from Virginia, we had uh, Leadfoot Larry driving, and uh, we got pulled over. Unfortunately, the the officer was understanding and saw that we had been working hard all day and realized that uh, we weren't a threat. to What society. if I
1: told you? Yeah. that was the first of getting pulled over twice in two days. No, <laughs> really? I got pulled over the next day did too. You really come I back did. From or in no, in California. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Also, didn't get a uh, you didn't get a ticket, get a ticket nice. for that. Oh,
0: you're lucky. So the point of all this, Dave, is to say the police have been out, and it's not just here in Virginia. We saw, I saw a couple of police officers on the side of the road uh, driving up on 77. I saw uh, two state troopers, Virginia state troopers or state patrol police uh, before we got to the. 81 split. I saw one more before we got off in Pulaski, and then after our stop at the VW place, actually they got pulled over as we were pulling in. So we pulled in, the car went by, the police officer yeah. went by, pulled them over. So I think it'd be wise for us to, to do um, maybe speed limit or like two or three over the rest of the
1: yeah. Life. Well, did you uh, did you make a New Year's resolution? Maybe those cops' New Year's resolution yeah. is to to bear down on people. No,
0: my New Year's resolution. Is the uh, one is the obvious one, which is to lose weight. I, I could probably drop about twenty pounds.
1: I'm not sure. owls uh, on first was a that tremendous was not, help to no, that. Where the the waitress dared you to eat the entire burger. She, did. she told
0: me so. I got this like <laughs> what was like an eight ounce burger. Yeah, Kobe burger. I mean, it was a good burger. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but she said some six foot four guy <laughs> ordered it before I got there, and he took half of it home in a box.
1: Yeah. She laid down the phone.
0: Shit, but some people can eat the whole thing. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the dare right there. Some people, I got three quarters of them. I got That was quarters. pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty
1: good. I'm going with simplify. Well, I got That's one more. That's my New Year's resolution. I
0: got one more. And it goes along with what you just said, except it's uh, a social media. I'm going to try and instead of spending the, the amount of time I spend on Twitter is, uh, Put, put put the put the uh, put the phone down, or put the tablet down, put the computer down, and read a book for forty-five minutes or an hour.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I just want to try to simplify decision making, simplify life. Only do things that actually like have a reason to be done. Don't do things the more difficult way if they don't have to be done. I mean, we're all but gonna you do that now,
0: though, don't you?
1: I try to be efficient, but sometimes the easiest thing to do is just. What is the simple way to go about this? I mean, if you sit at home, that's 10 minutes, you could have been doing something else. Try to get things done, like a car cast.
0: Like a car cast.
1: And now that we're 10 or 15 minutes from Radford, all I'm thinking about is how great it's gonna be that I can take the wheel, try to avoid getting pulled over more than once or twice, and you can start editing the car cast on the way home, and by the time we get back to Charlotte, We've basically got a product to put out.
0: Your next resolution should be learning the cruise control in this car.
1: Well, I think you taught me that last time. (laughs) We'll see if it's stuck. (laughs) We'll see if we hear that uh, law and order music at the end of of this version of the CarCast.
0: Charlotte, here we come. After an 85-79 loss, the Eagles really kind of had this one get away from them in the first half. They were down 23. But a huge second half for Bjorn Broman. He actually
1: had a pretty good game overall. And it was turned out to be a career night. It's good to see a team not quit. It's good to see Bjorn have a career high 29. But that was a pasting most of the way. Yeah. That being said, it was only a couple years ago, two, three years ago. Winthrop got hit pretty hard in a loss at Coastal Carolina. That kind of changed the season. They actually would lose their next game at UNC Asheville, but they played very competitively, and then they went on a big run. Sometimes losing a game particularly early in the conference yeah. year is the type of win- loss that, that can help you. Now, don't get me wrong, you didn't play very well, and right. you got out toughed and you got out-rebounded, and that, that's not a good thing, but maybe you can refocus a little bit.
0: Well, this is, uh, I guess if we were in a bombing mission, a milk run, just a quick three-hour trip. Started out, obviously, in Charlotte. Made a nice stop in Pulaski. Had a nice lunch at Al's on 1st. Then we got uh, the giggles when we taped our (laughs) stand-up. That was... Literally across the street in this uh, old train depot in a caboose behind us and then we just talked about the game and it was a difficult one but Mother has to get back at it Campbell two o'clock on Saturday and of course you can follow us all season long at Bearded Carcast and if you want to email us bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. I got a gallon
1: in Dallas away at when I go through I got them all over the land I'm a locomotive man Left my heart and all my heart